Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but first we want to give a shout out to our podcast partners, the Global Community of Women in High School Sports and We Coach. These are two great organizations. You should be a part of them. So check out We Coach and the Global Community of Women in High School Sports. Now let's have a quick word from our sponsors. We want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive Indoor Scoring Tables and Video Boards. You've heard me say before that we've got a sideline interactive score table in our gym, and it's just fantastic. We use it for home games, but we also use it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. It's tremendously versatile, and the customer service is just outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo. Their scoreboards and score tables not only generate income for your department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student-athletes. That's sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to say thanks to Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com and check out their entire suite of platforms. Snap Store allows you to order custom spirit gear. Snap Connect is their multilingual family engagement platform. Snap Manage will help you create an entire website for your department. And SnapRaise, of course, is their fundraising platform. We've used it with great success, and they've helped schools just like yours raise over $700 million. They even have a program where you can get your funding before you actually do your fundraising. Does anybody else offer that? Go to SnapRaise.com and check out their entire platform. That's SnapRaise.com. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to Gipper.com and start creating world-class content for your school's social media channels. If you're not marketing and branding your school, you're really missing out. Go to Gipper.com. Tell them you heard about it on the podcast and use our code ADPOD10. Get 10% off. That's Gipper.com. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing. Hometown has recently acquired Ticket Spigot, and together they're going to provide an even stronger and more comprehensive digital ticketing and event management solution. But for right now, go to HometownTicketing.com. They're going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets online. They'll show you how to scan the attendees that come to your games and collect your revenue. And every step of the way, you'll have a dedicated client success manager that's providing hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com. They'll show you how to sell tickets for things like school dances, school plays and concerts, even graduation. You can find it all at hometownticketing.com. Simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to say thanks to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They can transform your school tributes to make it easier than ever to celebrate your whole community, showcasing your school's diverse history, your proudest moments, and your top role models. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school's record boards and your Hall of Fame, check out their touchscreen interactive consoles and their templates. Again, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. To find out more, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to say thanks to Final Forms, the industry leader in forms and registration, but there's so much more. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with things like mobile accessibility, and they've got reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that come when you have an athlete in the house. Final Forms can also help your coaches with attendance and communication, and for athletic directors, Final Forms can help you with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. You know, it's time that you talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps, go to finalforms.com slash Jake. 
That's finalforms.com slash Jake to get started with Final Forms. And we want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. At our school, we use surveys for just about everything, for teachers, for coaches, for parents, and for our student-athletes. And typically, a school is only going to hear from the 2% that want to complain. Uh, and they never hear from that 98% that really love the program. By using um, athletic surveys by Lifetrack, you tap into that 98% that really love your program. And it gives you tremendous information and tools and resources to share with that 2% that want to complain. Also, that 2%, it's important to hear from them because sometimes they can share a small issue that you can address and keep it from turning into a big issue because you never heard about it, because you never did a survey. Go to athleticsurveys.com or email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your student athletes or your parents, you're really missing out. Talk to the pros at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. And we want to thank Huddle. Go to huddle.com. Huddle is how the world sees sports, and they've got the tools to help you, your coaches, and your athletes perform at their highest level. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school, and our coaches just love the smart cameras, the mobile apps. Of course, they love the analytics, but there's so much more. Go to Huddle.com, and you're going to find a professional-grade solution for the challenges you and your coaches face. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 6 million users and find out how to, to turn your school into a Huddle school. That's Huddle.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, we've got a really cool guest today, and I think this guest made me work harder than any other one to get her on the show. Uh, very excited. Our guest today is Corey Wilson. Uh, she's a registered athletic administrator, longtime coach in New Hampshire. She's coach of the year. She's an athletic coordinator. Uh, she's a business owner. She also founded an organization called All Girls, All Sports. We want to hear about that. But uh, Corey Wilson, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Thanks, Jake. It's great to be here. And uh, as I've mentioned to you before, I, I feel like I'm in amazing company with you and all the guests you've had in the past. So I really appreciate the opportunity to learn from all of you, but also to share back some of the things that I've learned. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're very glad that, uh, you know, we got you on the show finally. Well, as you know, uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So Give us that Corey Wilson, uh, you know, origin story, where you were born, where you grew up, uh, maybe take us up through the college years, and then we'll take a break and uh, hear about your uh, career. So, uh, you know, what's the Corey Wilson story? Sure. Um, well, I grew up in a suburb of New York City, uh, just northwest of New York City, and uh, my dad was a PE teacher, so... Clearly, physical education was important in our lives, but I was always a very active child, learned to swim when I was three, was always participating in, you know, backyard sports and, and play and neighborhood activities. Um, I played Little League for many years, Little League softball, which was actually fairly new at the time. 
right? You know, girls being able to participate in Little League didn't happen all that long ago. And, uh, you know, I was just always very interested in staying physically active. I took a lot of college courses around PE and sports. I became a lifeguard and swim instructor and ultimately a lifeguard instructor and taught other lifeguards how to be lifeguards. And uh, yeah, that's mostly how I paid my way through college, doing all of that. And um, even growing up, you know, I went to summer camp and I was on the swim team. I was on the tennis team. Um, I actually did not play varsity sports in high school or in college, which may be very different from a lot of coaches and athletic directors out there. Uh, but I always stayed active and involved. And um, that's basically who I am up to the college years, up, up to becoming a college graduate. Yeah, it, it's probably not as unusual as you might think. Uh, you know, I, the the theme that I got out of that was, you know, the love of sports and just, you know, mm -hmm. and participating and, and doing a variety of sports. Um Let's go and jump into that uh, early career. So, you know, obviously very successful as a volleyball coach. You know, how did you get on that path? Uh, and obviously that led you to becoming an athletic director, too. Well, uh, I, actually, it's the opposite, believe it or not. And um, my path was a little less traditional. I was volunteering when my kids were little and they were playing sports. And I thought, gosh, I really love this. I love the administrative aspects as well as the coaching aspects. And what can I do so that I could get paid to do the same thing I'm doing now for free? And, you know, I looked into it and I was very fortunate to find a master's program literally down the road from where I live. And I started getting my master's and uh, in sport management. As I was finishing that up, I actually uh, had the opportunity to teach an undergraduate class at the college, and that led to nine years of college-level teaching, uh, sport management, general business, general education. As you can imagine, all of that informed my future coaching experiences. Um, I, I Let's see, what did I do after that? I lost track of um, so during, during that time frame, I was a middle school athletic director, which, you know, very part-time job, even though it's a full-time job. And, uh, I did that for a while. And then I left the teaching because I really wanted to pursue an athletic director position. And I did do that for a, a short while. And I turned my attentions back to coaching and I coached uh, four years, the last four years, four years of volleyball and two years of tennis, all girls at the high school. And I was fortunate. You know, one of the things that we often hear is paying your dues and working your way up through the coaching ladder, volunteering, being an assistant, uh, being a JV coach, being a varsity coach. I went straight to being a varsity coach. But the reason for that is, this is a school where my children graduated from. They knew me, they knew me well, they knew my ethic, they knew my abilities, and they knew that my heart was also in the right place in what we wanted kids to achieve through uh, high school athletics. So I jumped right in and was the head coach. I selected an amazing JV coach who was with me for volleyball. And, um, and then the last two years when I saw that there was no coach for girls tennis which after 
a season, a spring season off from the pandemic, things kind of fell apart. So we wanted to reinvigorate that program. So I, I said, well, I'll do that. Um, I would say I volunteered to do that, but it did come with a stipend. Um, you know, most high school coaching positions come with stipends and um, are really volunteer positions. Let's put it that way, right? Um, so that's what I've been doing. And yes, uh, my, both myself and my JV coach were coaches of the year at our respective levels in our respective divisions in New Hampshire uh, for the fall of 2021. It's something that I'm quite honored by that my peers selected me for that. But at the same time, you know, nothing's possible without the help of other people. You know, I'm not coach of the year because I did it by myself. I am because of the results of the efforts and the results with both the student athletes and with my coaching staff and admin. So, yeah. Well, you, you bring up a very good point and I share this many times, uh, you know, in my career, uh, you know, I was very fortunate to uh, pick up a couple coach of the year honors, but uh, I always say I was as a coach, I was smart. I was smart enough to surround myself with great assistant coaches. And mm -hmm. I was smart enough to be at a school where we had great kids and great support. So, you know, yeah, I, I helped uh, a little bit, but uh, you know, you brought up that point going out and hiring that great JV coach right. uh, who I assumed assisted a little bit of the varsity level too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. For our listeners, our guest today is Corey Wilson. She's a registered athletic administrator, longtime uh, coach, and an athletic coordinator in the state of New Hampshire. We're going to take our first break, but we'll be back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive for their support of the podcast. You've heard me say before that we've got a Sideline Interactive indoor score table in our gym and it's just fantastic. We use it for home games, of course, but we also use it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. It's tremendously versatile, and the customer service is just outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo. That's sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. They're going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets online. They'll show you how to scan the attendees that come to your games and collect your revenue. And every step of the way, you're going to have a dedicated client success manager providing hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com. They'll also show you how to set up and sell tickets for things like school dances, your school plays and concerts, even graduation. That's hometownticketing.com. Simple and easy online ticketing. <clears throat> Welcome back, everyone. Uh, again, we're visiting with Corey Wilson, a registered athletic administrator from New Hampshire. Corey, we always like to let our guests have uh, the opportunity to give a shout out to some of the mentors that they've had. None of us get to where we're at on our own. Uh, the expression that I use is, I still hear those voices of my mentors in my head. Uh, do you have any voices that you still hear? I certainly do. Um, I mentioned my dad was a PE teacher. Um, you know, my my dad, it wasn't like anyone said growing up, you can do this. It doesn't matter if you're a girl. It doesn't matter if you're this or that or whatever. You can do this. I didn't have that kind of um, encouragement. I had the kind of encouragement 
that was basically the unspoken, um, you're, you're expected and allowed to do this. You know, he coached us as kids, my sister and I, and he always encouraged us to keep going, but not in a very blatant way. Um, you know, he, he was just, uh, well, still is a great mentor and advisor. And we don't always agree, as I'm sure most children and parents don't, whether they're children or grown. But he's been a real influence in my life in both his love of sport, physical activity, but also as someone I've looked to for, you know, what did he used to do when we were kids and we were feeling down or, you know, what did he point out? And, and even to this day, you know, it's, it's good to have that voice. And I'm, I'm so grateful that I have that uh, and, and that I still have that. Uh, he's, he's just been a, a tremendous influence in that regard. Um, someone else who I always think about is Doug Blaze. Doug is a professor of sport management at Southern New Hampshire University, where I got my master's. And while I had amazing professors and mentors overall, he stands out because he is the first person I met. He immediately said, hey, what do you want to do? Why do you want to do this program? How can I help you? Here are some ideas. And he really guided me in that. Um, as that relationship grew as, you know, as his student, but then eventually as his colleague teaching there, um, and, and now to this day, his friend, which I appreciate so much, you know, he's always been uh, sort of a, a foil to my personality. It's, it's great to have people who get you, but are different from you. And he's always been that person. He, he knows I'm more reactive. I get, I'm a little more high maintenance. I get a little irritated at times more quickly. He's always been sort of that calm, peaceful voice to say, okay, but let's, let's bring it down and talk about it, you know, without making me feel bad, without ever correcting my, my behavior or my feelings. Um, Clearly, as a practitioner, he has tremendous knowledge and he's always imparting that on me. But um, I've really, really come to appreciate that. And, you know, many times I will say the same thing I say about my dad. Hmm. If I were to call Doug, what would he tell me? And I don't usually have to call him because I, I already know. And then another person who I know you know very well is uh, Carol Dazabrin here in New Hampshire. Retired athletic director, director of our, our state athletic director association, and just an amazing role model, both as an AD and as a woman in the field in particular. Uh, I learn a lot from her and I, I just, I like being around her. I feel like I get a lot of positive stuff, a lot of good vibes, and I, I've just learned so much from her over the last few years. And yeah, I, I would say those are the three key people right now that I think about. Again, I just love to hear the stories uh, and the impact that they've had on our guests. And, uh, you know, we just uh, uh, did an interview with Carol and her two uh, uh, co-authors, yeah. tri-authors of yeah. her new book yeah. uh, <laughs> that's going to be airing uh, soon on the podcast. So uh, very cool. It's always nice to hear those connections. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about NIAAA. Um, you know, you're a registered athletic administrator. Mm -hmm. You know, that doesn't happen by accident. You know, you have to, you know, join the National Association. You have to take those courses. So talk a little bit about 
um, how you first became aware of, you know, you mentioned the New Hampshire Association. How did you become aware of that? How did you become aware of NIAAA and, and maybe some reflections of, uh, of taking those LTI courses? Sure, sure. That's great. Uh, I have always been a proponent of professional development, and that can be formal or informal. And I've always looked for opportunities. And while I was in my master's program in particular, I took advantage of everything I could. And as a family, we built into the cost of my degree, the fact that I wanted to do a lot of things. And, uh, you know, some of those things would cost money. And I've had amazing experiences because of that and made um incredible connections because of that. So money well spent. Um, like most ADs, uh, your school doesn't always cover those things. <laughs> but I wasn't even with a school at the time. So, you know, I had to pay for those things. So that said, uh, I also always look to what what is the organization that oversees what I am doing? So I got involved with Little League at the regional level, because that was the organization at the time. And I wanted to make sure that I was learning from those people what it was they expected. So same thing happened when I got more involved with coaching and, and athletics administration was to uh, decide, well, which of the organizations and, you know, at what level and to what degree do I need to be involved with them? And so I started taking classes, uh, LTI classes, and um, even before I realized certification was an option. And I joined uh, I joined NAFERD, which is the State Association of uh, Shape America. And there's a lot of physical activity and health and, and some coaching in there. And then I also joined NHADA and NIAAA. And, you know, I, I can't speak enough about the resources available, not the least of which is things like insurance coverage, right? You're a coach or an AD. It's nice to have that backup. God forbid something happens. You're personally covered um, with, with those memberships. So there's a lot to be said for membership in organizations. It also shows to uh, future employers or parents of the kids you're coaching or whomever uh, that you really take what you're doing seriously. And that's probably true in any profession, but I think in our profession where we don't always have the same perception of what it takes to get where we get by other people. Right. Other people think, oh, it's just coaching. It's just school sports. It's just town programs, whatever it is. So I think it's important to lend credibility to the profession that not only do we have these organizations that but that we're part of them. Um, it's also a great way to network and meet other people. So, you know, that's always fun. Uh, just like I'm a member of Global Community, which you and I met through, uh, you know, I've I've done professional development with we coach at the high school level i've participated in both of their high school academies the last two years i i can't speak highly enough about finding the right organizations and spending your time and yes sometimes your money to make sure that you're up to date you're connected and you're gaining the credibility from being part of those organizations 
Yeah, you touched on so many great points there. Uh, you know, the professionalism of the NIAAA and, and each state's association, uh, the networking opportunities that they create. You know, one of our most frequently mentioned tools in the toolbox, I don't want to poison the water here, but uh, is, you know, building and creating that network. Um, that people you can just email or you can just call and say, you know, hey, have you dealt with this? And I've, usually they have, uh, you know, how would you do that? Uh, I remember you and I, you know, we're talking about some different issues, you know, via email and then, you know, over the phone. So it, it's just, again, I, I, I think that might even be more valuable than the whole professional development aspect is, is the networking. Uh, thanks so much for sharing that. Sure. Once again, for our listeners, our guest is Corey Wilson, registered athletic administrator, longtime coach and athletic coordinator in New Hampshire. We're going to hear a little bit more about some of the things that she's done uh, professionally. But first, uh, let's take another break. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thank you to Vital Signs Wall of Fame. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. Vital Signs will transform your school tributes and make it easier than ever to celebrate your entire community by showcasing your school's diverse history and your proudest moments. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school's record boards for all the teams, for all the events, as well as your school's hall of fame, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com and check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles and their templates. They're going to help showcase the very best that your school has to offer, both past and present. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. You can also send them an email at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com for more information. We want to say thanks to Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com, that's snapraise.com, and check out the entire suite of platforms that Snap Mobile has to offer. Snap Store allows you to order custom spirit gear for everybody in your program. Snap Manage will uh, show you how to set up an entire website for the athletic department. Snap Connect is their multilingual family engagement platform. And of course, Snap Raise is their fundraising platform. We've used Snap Raise at our school with great success, and you can too. They even have a program where they will give you your money before you actually do your fundraiser. Does anybody else offer that? I don't think so. You can find it all at snapraise.com. That's snapraise.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Corey, um, one of the things that you started uh, is this program, All Girls, All Sports. You know, it's really cool. Uh, can you share a little bit about what it is, how it got started, and, uh, you know, maybe how our listeners can find out more about it? Absolutely. It's a it's an interesting story. Um, when I was in grad school, I was made aware of the National Girls and Women in Sports Day, which was an initiative by the Women's Sports Foundation. And I went to one of my professors and said, hey, let's do something here to, you know, just celebrate that. And what would that look like? And there was, I was a grad student. There was an undergrad student at the time who was also interested and coincidentally had just talked to that same professor. So the three of us got together, we figured it out. And long story short, we were gonna do a Saturday morning clinic with a relatively healthy lunch and some interaction with the women athletes at the school. 
and the coaches as well. And the goal was twofold. Uh, the neighbor, immediate neighboring city is a an inner city, um, a lot of lower socioeconomics, a lot of um, underserved population. But really, New Hampshire is a very small state, and there are a lot of areas around the state that fit that bill, as well as a lot of areas that have access and just love to play sports. So we did everything you can imagine associated with creating an event, all the administrative work, all the planning and notifying and getting the word out and uh, very grassroots level. And we had 50 girls for that first year. And it was, uh, I think at the time it was like grades five through eight and we ended up expanding it. But it was so much fun. We had our students sort of facilitating the different sessions and doing setup and things like that. But the the student athletes were actually running the different drills and skills activities and whatnot. And um, we did that for seven years. Um, as I trans transitioned into a teaching role, uh, I kind of became the advisor to that program. And we, like I said, we did it for seven years. And um, we reached hundreds and hundreds of kids, um, most of them in the greater Manchester area where we were located. And, uh, you know, just all kinds of great feedback. People, people who would drive their registration form to school to make sure we got it. People who would say, oh, you know, I can't do this. It, I think we were charging $5, a nominal fee. Um, and they got a shirt and they got lunch and, you know, people who would say, I can't do this. I said, no problem. You're all set. You know, and it was the, the idea wasn't to make money. The idea was maybe to just cover our costs. And it just was such a great feeling to be reaching out to all these kids. And we had some kids, girls, it was girls only. We had some girls who literally came back year after year after year until they kind of grew out of our program. Uh, when I left there, no one continued it. And so I kind of took the name with me and um, just, you know, I just do things on my own with organizations. And I do it under that banner, even though I'm not a formal organization. Um, there's some trademark copyright stuff with the name. So I haven't officially decided what I'm going to do about that. But uh, but the but the owner of that name says, no problem, just do what you're doing. Just don't trademark the name. Uh, so, you know, I'm kind of trying to decide what I want to do with that now. But it led me to the local police athletic league. It's led me to do things at the middle school in town and um and just kept my my brain in that mode of we got to keep reaching out. We got to keep getting to kids, um, especially girls. You know, as we know, girls tend to drop out of sports around 13, 14 years of age as they enter high school and a lot of other factors come into play. And um, and kids in general nowadays, we do know there are very real obstacles to their health right now. And um, the more we can do, the better. So. So that's what that was about. But, you know, at the same time that I was trying to figure out how to transition that into my, you know, outside of the university life, um, I, 
I also got involved with the New Hampshire Governor's Council on Physical Activity and Health. It's a mouthful. And they did a summer 90 day challenge for physical activity. I think at the time it was 20 minutes a day for the, the entire summer. You know, there were incentives and whatnot. And I kind of latched onto that and got involved with that. And um, I created a Facebook group for that. And I just invited all my friends, hey, do this with me. Let's Let's do this together. Let's be active together. And it's grown. There are people on there. I have no idea who they are. Um, I mean, they're part of the group. So something in there drew them in. Um, but I don't know them personally. And I I post all the time. And we actually transitioned it with some feedback from other people in the group to more of a healthy living group. And so, yeah, we still talk about challenges and physical activity. But we also talk about a lot of the other ways, healthy eating and um, mental health, which, you know, of course, is is big in the in the well, our industry, but everywhere now. And um, so I I kind of feel like I'm not doing as much of all girls, all sports, but I've moved into a different realm of what I call brokering, brokering people with other people, brokering them with ideas and services and and just continuing to share ways to be healthier people regardless of age so that's kind of where that's at and where it came from no it sounds like both uh, are, are great organizations and great ideas and you know as far as the copywriting thing uh you know it, it's easy to say you know hey all girls all sports is now you know whatever right. it is you know come up <laughs> with that new title but sounds yes. like a, a really cool way uh to uh, again connect with uh, you know, student athletes, you know, young students keep them involved in, in morphing mm -hmm. that from the high school or junior high, high school athletic experience to a lifetime of fitness and wellness and involvement. Very cool stuff. Absolutely. Corey, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and, and pick your brain about, you know, one of these organizations or just, uh, you know, add you to their network, uh, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Uh, probably the best way is through a Gmail address. It's C-O-R-R-I-W-I-L-S-O-N and then the number one at gmail.com. So feel free to reach out. I am also on LinkedIn. You can reach me there and it's pretty obvious who I am when you get there. There aren't too many C-O-R-R-I's out there. <laughs> Again, so again, that email was Corey, C-O-R-R-I, Wilson, one, okay, the 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 number one, the best, okay. Corey Wilson, one, at gmail.com. And again, uh, Corey is on LinkedIn. And if you follow uh, the Global Community of Women, she's a regular attendee on their monthly Zooms. And uh, don't want to forget, we coach, both of whom are mm -hmm. partners of uh, our podcast. Very cool stuff. We're going to take another break, but we'll be back with some more. So please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Huddle for their support of the podcast. Go to Huddle.com. Huddle is how the world sees sports. At Huddle, you could be part of the 200,000 teams and organizations that use Huddle to help their athletes and their coaches perform at the highest level. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just love the tools that Huddle provides, the smart cameras, the mobile apps. Uh, of course, they love the analytics, but there's so much more. 
Go to huddle.com and you're going to find a professional grade solution to the challenges that your coaches and your athletes face every day. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Go to huddle.com, join the 6 million users worldwide and find out how to turn your school into a Huddle school. That's huddle.com. We want to thank Gipper for their support. Go to gipper.com and see how athletic directors and coaches are creating world-class marketing content for their school's social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device, and you don't need any design experience. It's so easy, even I can do it. Go to gipper.com, tell them you heard about it on the podcast, and use our podcast code, ADPOD10, and you'll get 10% off. Start creating custom-branded content for your school's social media channel. That's Gipper.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Corey, uh, you and I were talking during the break, and you know, one of our long-standing topics is this idea of helping kids uh, to develop toughness. Um, you know, from my perspective, as that cranky old retired uh, football coach and AD, uh, I think it's an important uh, aspect of sports and of life. Uh, and I think we've developed much better ways to coach kids uh, since I was in high school a hundred years ago and our coaches were saying, come on, you got to be tough. So what is your take on this? How can we help uh, a kid of this generation? I guess we're in generation Z develop toughness while also being sensitive to and aware of the challenges that they face that I never had to go through. Uh, do you have any advice for us? Well, um, I can speak from my experience and hopefully there's some nugget in there that helps someone with this. Um, I, I think of the word toughness and really in my mind, I call it resilience. It's learning how to come back from whatever bad things are happening. And those bad things can be anything from a bad grade to a breakup or a fight with your best friend to, you know, real serious stuff like homelessness, uh, food insecurity, um, physical and mental abuse at home or elsewhere. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot there. And I particularly have worked in a district where that may have been even a little bit more of a challenge for many of the kids. So, oh gosh, it's it's a tough situation to think about. And how do you handle that as a coach, as an athletic director? Um, it's hard to say to a kid, you're going to get through this, right? Because they can't see that. You and I know from being adults and having been through some experiences, even if not those experiences, or seeing other people get through those experiences, we know that most people can and will get through them with support, um, but it's hard for kids in the moment. It's hard for them to see past their own situation to anything being better, different, whatever. Um, I I would say a, a lot of this has come to light more so because of COVID. Some of the challenges that COVID presented have really forced us to examine this concept of resilience. How do you bounce back? Um, and, and that's actually another phrase that I've heard over the years is bounce back ability. And it's not to make light of it, but, um, you know, that 
what we used to call toughness, you know, oh, rub some dirt in it. Oh, there's no crying in baseball, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, th there's very real stuff going on out there. And I do think it's both our responsibility and our job to guide the students, student athletes, and to even to guide the people who work for us. If we're an athletic director, the coaches and, and, um, anyone who's working for us to get through these things together. Um, I, I think that there has to be a lot of transparency and it, it has to be sincere. Um, like you, I've come from what I would call a place of privilege. I come from a family where I, I didn't really have to worry. I mean, we were certainly not well off, uh, you know, money wasn't flowing all the time, but I never really had to worry about where I was going to sleep, where my next meal was coming from. I always had clothes on my back. There was always heat in the house, that sort of thing. And it's very important to remember that I haven't experienced things from the same perspective. That said, one of the things that I think is hopefully a good tip for other people is I reached out often to teachers, guidance counselors, administration. Hey, um, here's the situation. What would you do? What would you recommend I do? What is my role in all of this? Sometimes your role is merely to share with someone else that something is going on and it needs to be taken over by, we'll call it a, a you know, a bigger or larger right. perspective there. Um, or it may be something that they're already aware of and they can provide some feedback. All right, you have this kid who's constantly late to practice. How are you going to handle that? Why are they late to practice? Are they really lazy? Are they inconsiderate or just have no respect for anybody else? Most of the time, no, that's not the case. At least in my experience, it's, you know, they have to go home and get some sibling off the bus and then get back to school, for example. Uh, so I, I think that really building that team of people around you and being part of the community, um, you know, when you're a coach or even an athletic director, you're not always part of the everyday in school activity. It depends on how the position is structured. And I know that while I know people, I'm not in school all day with these kids, so I'm not always seeing what they're going through. So I think it's just so important to, um, you know, just think about, well, what are they going through? Take yourself out of it because chances are really good. It has nothing to do with you as their coach or AD and find ways that you can help them. Um, I mentioned transparency and sin sincerity. Uh, kids know, people know when you're not being honest and genuine. And, you know, I, I've said to kids, look, I don't know what's going on and you know you may decide it's none of my business but if I can help and you want to talk to me I'd like to help and I think kids respond to that better than you know the yelling the screaming or the constant we'll call it punishment or consequences you know I don't just there are consequences sometimes for your actions but I don't just dole out consequences you know it might be hey look this is our policy as a team. If you're absent from practice the day before a match, you're not going to start in that match. And it doesn't even matter why, because you're just not there. And there's a practical reason for that. You didn't get to go over what we went over, right? Um, but if you want to talk to me about it, if there's an extenuating circumstance or 
if I can just help you in any other way. I'd like to be there to do that. I do believe that like any role, not all coaches or ADs will gel with all the kids. That's that's to be expected. Um, but, you know, if you can reach a few kids, if you're that person for those kids, then, you know, maybe you're the only person for those kids. And we just do the best we can with that. Well, you, you brought up so many great topics. I'm, I'm just going to focus on the one you, you just wrapped up with, you know, uh, as a coach, if you can be that one person, you know, you're still the coach, but uh, you know, the kids uh, that we all do, you know, but kids, you know, they have so many things going on in their lives that we're not aware of and they need, you know, that one person they can talk to. And if you can be that one person, you know, be open to that. Uh, you know, I, I, again, I remember a hundred years ago when I was in high school, I had great coaches. I love my coaches, but mm -hmm. to say that we had some kind of relationship beyond the sport uh, and, uh, and this coach and the athlete, yeah, I, there really wasn't, and it wasn't a bad thing. It just, it didn't happen back then. Right. Uh, and, Life is different now. So again, great advice, Corey, great advice. We're going to take another quick break, uh, but we're not done yet. Uh, so please stay with us. We're visiting with Corey Wilson, registered athletic administrator from New Hampshire. Uh, we're going to be back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Final Forms for their support. Final Forms is the industry leader in forms and registration for athletic directors, but they are so much more than that. Final Forms can provide your stakeholders with a lot of services, including reminders about policies, about physicals, and all the reports that come, all the forms that come when you have an athlete in the house. Final Forms can help your coaches with things like attendance and communication. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help you with eligibility with rosters and all the reports that come across your desk. You know, it's time that you talk to a team that's walked in your shoes to take the next steps. Go to finalforms.com slash Jake. That's finalforms.com slash Jake and get started with final forms. Welcome back everyone to the educational 80 podcast. Corey, um, you know, you, again, you and I were talking, this is the uh, 50th anniversary of uh, Title IX. It's a year-long celebration. And, um, you know, you were sharing, the, you know, some of the initiatives that you started, you know, particularly with women and girls. Can you share a little bit with our listeners, uh, you know, your perspective, uh, you know, your journey? I'm a little bit older than you. So, uh, you know, uh, I was in high school when Title IX uh, kicked in back in 72, What's been your experience as a student athlete, as a coach, as an AD, and now as a leader uh, for, you know, women uh, and girls? Uh, you know, what's your take on, you know, where we're at, where we're going, uh, and what we need to do? Sure. Uh, wow. A lot of people think, Title IX? <laughs> are we still talking about that? <laughs> yes, we are. Um, you know, growing up, I mentioned a couple of things earlier. Growing up, I had parents who supported my physical activity. In fact, not only encouraged, but required it. Um, my town had Little League softball. Uh, I remember schools and, and community sports. Uh, it, girls seemed to, from my perspective as a child growing up, schools seemed to have, and communities, um, plenty of opportunities for women. 
I'm not even sure if I really had heard of Title IX growing up. I was what I would still call a Title IX baby uh, because it was so new as I was starting my sport and physical activity journey. But as I got older and obviously was exposed to more and you know more of the, the logistics and the politics and all of that, and then certainly as I got into a master's program surrounding sport, um, you know, it did become apparent that this was not only necessary, but still necessary. And I, I have talked with people who said, well, you know, girls and women have all kinds of opportunities now, but I think we have to step back and look at, there are still schools and school districts, and there are still communities and, um, all kinds of entities and organizations where even where there are opportunities, the opportunities are not equitable. And I like to think of equity versus equality. Equality is you and I get exactly the same thing. Equity is we get what we need to be equal, right? So I may have greater needs. Um, I may be shorter. I need a taller step stool to see over the same fence that you do. And that's an image that I've seen many times. Um, you know, that's what we have to think about. What's equitable? And, you know, there are a lot of tests about surrounding Title IX. Um, the NCAA has, of course, uh, their three-pronged test. Uh, you know, are you doing these things to ensure that women are given the same opportunities? You can't force people to participate in things, but you have to make those opportunities available. And you have to encourage people so that they understand they are entitled and can and should take advantage of them. So I've always been of a mind to support girls and women in general, but also particularly in sport and physical activity. And, um, you know, that's why I, I do so much with all girls, all sports. And that's why I, I actually taught a gender and sport course at the university. Um, you know, they approached me, would you be willing to teach this? And, uh, you know, a lot of people will say, well, would it make more sense for a woman to teach it than a man? And I don't know if it really matters, but certainly as a woman, you know, you bring your own perspective, which may be a little different than a man. Um, and that's not to say that, everyone everywhere doesn't get it. Most people I think do get it. Um, it's just convincing those people maybe who have the decision-making powers that it's important. It's everything from having the girls basketball team play at 4.30 and the boys basketball team play at seven in prime time to locker room space or, uh, you know, accommodations or allowances, any anything where you're offering, are you offering it in an equitable fashion? So you, you don't necessarily have to offer the same number of sports for girls or sport positions, let's say, but you have to offer equitable opportunities. So if your student population is 40% girls, 60% boys, your opportunity should match up. And the same is true in reverse. If you have more girls than boys, then your percentages should line up that way. But I think it's also important to listen to the constituents who are the end users of the product in that sense. And that's the students, right? The student athletes, um, or if it's in your town, same thing. 
um, who are the people who are participating? What do they want? You know, you could say, well, we're going to start uh, a softball team because we have baseball. Well, there may be girls who want to play baseball. In fact, we know there are thousands of girls across this country who play baseball. There are organizations to support that, and it's phenomenal. Um, but we also have to let girls know that it's okay to want to play baseball and not only play softball. We've seen a lot of growth with football at the high school level. And I say a lot of growth because, <laughs> you know, going from zero to a dozen is a lot, and yet it's not. Right. When you look at how many players you have on a football team at a high school, uh, it's not a lot of positions, but these things will grow over time if we continue to push it. The other thing is slightly different aspect of Title IX where we're not necessarily making great strides and maybe even have occasionally stepped backwards is with women coaching. We know that when Title IX was enacted, and all these women's teams began to be offered at all levels. Um, what actually happened was a lot of men who weren't getting the jobs for the men's and boys teams suddenly jumped in and were getting those jobs and essentially placing out the women. So we have to be mindful of that. Um, I, I don't like to call it a fight, but I think the the process is ongoing. And I, I think it's a very important topic. We need to keep it relevant in people's minds. Um, celebrating Title IX at 50 is great, but we do have a ways to go to truly ensure, you know, if we want to stop talking about it, then we have to make sure there's nothing to talk about. No, and again, that's a great point. Uh, are we better than we better off than we were back in 1972 of course mm -hmm. are we anywhere near where we should be no you know we no. need to keep getting better and uh, again as athletic leaders you know i, I always I, I prided myself on you know hey i wanted our teams to win i wanted our kids to you know have the best coach and you know man woman you know black white whatever you know if this person's a winner i want him coaching for us mm -hmm. and uh i i think we did a pretty good job but again we've got to get better uh great great stuff Corey, this has been cool spending some time with you we've got a chance to get to know each other you know over the past uh, year or so but it's always great connecting um but we're not done yet uh we always wrap up with the athletic director's toolbox uh you certainly know your way around the world of athletics but uh, we're going to take a quick break here from athletic surveys who sponsor the toolbox segment and when we come back we're going to find out what Corey wilson is going to put into her new athletic director toolbox please stay with us we want to say thanks to athletic surveys by lifetrack for sponsoring the ad toolbox segment of our podcast at my schools, we use surveys for just about everything, for teachers, for coaches, for parents, and especially for our student athletes. And the information that came back is almost overwhelmingly positive, and it'll be the same for you. But the surveys also connect you to that uh, squeaky wheel kid or squeaky wheel parent who many times will share a small issue that you can address and keep it from turning into a large issue because you didn't know about it because you didn't do a survey. The surveys from Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack provide you with a tremendously valuable piece of information 
that you can share with board members or that squeaky wheel parent uh, that 98% of our parents, 98% of our student athletes, they love our sports. They love our coaches. And you really can't put a price tag on that. Go to athleticsurveys.com or shoot them an email at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your student athletes or your parents, you're really missing out. Talk to the pros at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Well, it's that time of the podcast. Uh, we've been visiting with a good friend, Corey Wilson. She's a registered athletic administrator, longtime coach and uh, AD in New Hampshire. Uh, but right now I'm going to challenge her to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let her put three things in their toolbox. Corey, what three items are going to go into your athletic director toolbox? Oh, so hard to pick just three, Jake. Okay. Uh, there is, I'm going to cheat a little here. There's a double-sided coin of self-confidence and humility. So being confident that you do know what you're doing and you have learned a lot and you're ready to take on this new challenge of being an athletic director. But couple that with the humility that there are times when it is appropriate and even necessary to ask for help and to say you don't know. Um, so that's that's one tool. Um, another tool would be flexibility. And this is something that I've worked on a lot over the years. Uh, again, you know, it's a balancing act, right? So you want to be flexible. You want to say, there are times when maybe you can't do things exactly the way you want, but you also want to hold firm at times and, and know that, you know, you can't be wishy-washy. You have to stand by your conviction sometimes. And many times those convictions are related to legal or policy things where, you know, you have, you don't want to get in trouble, <laughs> right? You don't want to get in trouble for um, breaking certain rules, but but I think that that's, that's a really important thing, uh, flexibility. And I'll, I'll give a shout out to Corey Parker, who's an AD here in New Hampshire. And, and he's the one who taught me that. And I really do appreciate that. Um, the third one is something that I call an amen corner. I learned this expression elsewhere, but it certainly applies. And, and we've talked about this a little bit, but an amen corner is having those people who are on your side the people that you can always go to, um, knowing who you can go to because you don't want yes people. You don't want people to just yes you all the time. You really want to know, hey, is is this working? Hey, did I did I do this right or did I mess up? Um, you know, I'm having this situation. How can I handle it? Whatever that may be, but, but trusted sources, uh, people who some may be in the industry with us, and some may be outside of the industry. And there's there's value in both because people in the industry, they know what goes on behind the scenes. They know the stuff you're going to deal with. So they can truly appreciate and give you feedback. Um, the people outside can have an objective perspective at times. Like, all right, I don't want someone who really knows about this. I just want someone who can speak to Here's the situation in a broad, general, human sense. What can I do? How can I do better? And, you know, sometimes you just want to vent and you, you got to have people you can just vent to. So having that amen corner 
is so important. So the, those are the three primary ones, I would say. And uh, in, in true athletic director fashion, you, you talked about that double-sided coin. You managed to squeeze in a couple extra <laughs> tools there. I love it. Hey, uh, Corey, if, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain, uh, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Sure. Corey Wilson, one, the number one at gmail.com. And I am also on LinkedIn and it's C-O-R-R-I. Corey Wilson, one at gmail.com. Thanks for sharing. And thanks for spending this time with us on the podcast. Uh, it's finally, like I said, it was finally great to, to get you on. You made me work hard, but uh, it was definitely worth it. Well, I really appreciate it. And I didn't make you work hard because I didn't think you were worthy. You are amazing. And I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Jake. Oh, again, you're too kind. Um, for our listeners, remember, we uh, upload all of the Zoom recordings to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast. And uh, we will see you next time. Corey, all the best to you uh, for the 2023 year. Thank you. You as well. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening. Once again, we appreciate you listening today. Uh, thanks to our partners, the global community of women in high school sports, and we coach. Thanks to all of our sponsors. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Educational AD Podcast. Mm -hmm.